Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I am the man who is being stared at by Doug like a honey-baked ham. Uh, my third testicle, Doug. Welcome to the show, Doug. Uh, hi. Hey, nice to have you. Uh, Eric's here. What's up? How are you guys? Pretty good. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm having a great time. Oh, yeah, we can tell. So, uh, do we have workers of the week or? Uh, Eric, you I have. Work? Yeah, I have uh, Wheeler uh, Yuna. Okay. Good match against um, Orange Cassidy on uh, Wednesday. Even though he lost, but he still, I thought he uh, did a good job. Yeah, it was a good match. Orange Cassidy's matches are are getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting there. Yeah. All right, who's your work of the week? Uh, I got to give it to Austin Theory. Okay. The men's elimination chamber match. Uh, and then the match against Edge at, on Raw. He's having a really good week. And for a guy that, you know, is getting ready to uh, – you know, that we think is going to wrestle John Cena at WrestleMania, you know, they're really putting a lot of stock in him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. guess we'll see what they do with Theory. It seemed like they were kind of, you know, uh, peeling back a little bit after, you know, just using the briefcase for the U.S. title and shit like that instead of, like, a big-time belt. Yeah, but then I think once they took the briefcase and they took the selfie gimmick away from him, yeah. They finally made him more serious. Yeah, and you think he's been better since then? I th- Yeah, I think he's definitely been better since then because, like, it's no longer the whole uh, the whole deal of being Mr. McMahon's pet project. And even though Vince is technically around again, but, you know, they're not – like, it, it's funny. On TV, they're not even mentioning Vince at all. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't think they've mentioned him once. What's What's he involved with? Well, so he like there was a rumor going around that he was involved, like he was back in charge of creative. Uh but because uh, one talent said that uh, there was uh, that they were fearful that he was back in charge of creative, but everybody else is saying, look, if he's back in charge of creative, you'll know, which I'm pretty sure he's, he's doing Brock Lesnar stuff. Is Brock Lesnar is going to, uh, is supposedly going to wrestle Omos at WrestleMania. Okay. And that seems like a Vince McMahon thing. 
And plus, Brock Lesnar only likes it when Vince is in charge of his creative. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know the relationship he has with Triple H. Neither do I. I mean, and to be honest with you, like, the the product is still pretty good to where, like, you don't have to, you know, like, it, nobody should really be worried. That, you'll know once Vince is in charge because everything will just start to suck again. Yeah. Uh and Baron Corbin will start getting wins. Yeah. So, like, the fact that somebody said, oh, my God, he's back in charge. It, it, just because, like, he will have creative input. Like, Triple H said he'll listen to his ideas. Yeah. Doesn't mean he's going to do any of it. But he'll listen. Exactly. Yeah, I think Theory's a pretty good worker of the week. He had a good uh, match in the chamber. It was a good yeah. performance. Uh, I would probably go I'm with... It. Uh, yeah, I thought he was good. I'd probably go with Bobby Lashley myself. I thought he looked really good. That's a good one. This match with, with Brock was one of my favorites on the card, actually. And I liked it, so... You liked all that fucky finish hit? Yeah. I didn't mind it. I thought it was a good work match. Between I thought the interview was really good. I mean, he beat the shit out of Elias on Monday night. That was, you know, he kind of shown his dominance. Yeah, and I liked how he kind of beat up Brock, too. And I liked how... I thought that they were going to build towards those two at WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't know what the hell... I think all things is Bray Wyatt challenged... The winner of the Lashley Lesnar match to a match at WrestleMania. Les- uh, Lashley technically won. So Who? it's going to be Bray Wyatt. We assume it's going to be Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. That's ridiculous. Yeah. No, but I like him versus Brock. I think that's a good matchup. Yeah. I like it when those two wrestle. The fucky finish wasn't that great, but I thought the match itself was pretty good. I guess I'm alone on that. I mean, this, the problem is is that, like, with Brock Lesnar, it's the same. It's always the same thing. It's 58 German suplexes, three F5s, or however long it takes to take the guy. Brock can't learn any other moves. And, like, lastly, yeah. it's just, like, with Brock, it's never just, like, aware. Or with lastly, like, when you're – Working Brock and you're getting Brock to sell. It's like you have to hit like all your big moves. It's like finish after finish after finish. It's like all right, a body slam is not involved, or a back body drop is not involved, or a clothesline, or all that stuff. Like they need to probably adapt. And lastly, it's pretty good with doing like other moves and stuff. It's just with Lesnar, it's always the same match. Yeah. I guess so. I like that. Uh, I like the intensity that Lesnar brings, though. And sometimes it's short and sweet. I don't think you need to do all this fucking bullshit that all these stupid kids do nowadays. Sometimes you just need a few German suplexes and an F five and getting out of there. But I can agree with that. To me, that's what makes wrestling good, and it's about the you know the big fight feel, and Lesnar always brings that. Especially him and Lashley going against each other. So I really liked it. That's why they always bring him back. Yeah. I mean, he does something. He makes more money than anybody else that's doing multiple moves. Right. 
He draws more, too. Yeah. Yep. All right. Rivalry retrospective number 11. We are talking about The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, You were alive for most of this, Doug, unless you died in between at some point and came back to life. Uh, No, I'm pretty sure I was alive. Uh, What do you remember of this feud, just looking back? Uh, I I remember a lot of times, like, you know, Undertaker being, uh, like, it was very rare that Undertaker was the babyface and Austin was the heel. Although, like, in 2001, like, that did happen. Yeah. Uh, But, like, you know, there was a lot of things that happened. Like, their early matches in, like, 96 and 97. I mean, they headlined so many pay-per-views with one another. So many. Uh, like, and they've had, like, so many classic, a Buried Alive match, uh, First Blood match. Most of their matches have been no disqualification. Uh, and it's always been, like, for the title. Um, I always thought they had really good ca- – I mean, there were certain matches that they liked, that I liked, that they had to where, like, Austin has just come back and said, you know, this is the most shitty fucking match I've ever had. Yeah. You know, SummerSlam 98 being – pretty much being that match. People like that match, though. Yeah, and it's one of my I favorites. That's uh, why it's, like, I it's it one of my good. top three favorite SummerSlams because I like that whole card top to bottom. But Austin actually got knocked out in that match. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I remember about this is, like you, I mean, they wrestled a fuck ton of times, it felt like. Yeah. But it also felt like nothing was a classic. I feel like they still haven't had that one match that it's like, this is the one. <clears throat> it was a good feud, and they've like they've wrestled each other a shit ton of times. They were t- the two guys in the Attitude Era. But it feels like, it feels like they never had that, like, Rock and Austin at WrestleMania 17 or, you know, Brett and Austin at that WrestleMania. or Like, uh, Sean yeah. and Triple H kind of had the Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. Or the Three Stages of Hell, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, well, they did both. Yeah. It's like they never had that one five-star. I feel like, and we're going to go through it, but I feel like we have a lot of three-star matches. Yeah. Well, a lot of three and a half. Remember. Like good matches, but not great matches. In the Attitude Era... They didn't need – it was more about the story yeah. than it was about the wrestling. Right. Now, in 2002-ish, you know, when Austin was nearing the end of the run, yeah, that's when it became more about, okay, we still are technically a wrestling company, so let's get better workers. So that's why you incorporate, you know – that's why you brought Sean back. That's why you had Hunter, you know, get better in in his ring work. Uh, you know, you incorporated a Kurt Angle, a Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, and Edge. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, guys that could work. And remember, Austin's ability to wrestle was hampered in 97 uh, because Owen Hart doesn't know how to deliver a tombstone because he never took lessons from The Undertaker. Yeah, I yeah, and it did, and that's why his was a lot of a brawling style. Yeah. But even like that style, I've seen Austin have like five star type of matches since then. Maybe not five star, but really good matches. 
especially like him and The Rock, a lot of their stuff. And even Triple H and other people. But it feels like him and Undertaker never got like a really, like a classic match. Right. Uh, But, I mean, yeah, and those are all the reasons why, for sure. That that would hold them back during that during that time period, with Austin being hurt and the Attitude Era not really focusing on wrestling. But when we talk about a classic rivalry, there's usually like a match there that was like one of the best things anybody's ever seen. This one really doesn't have that. No, and I think it's more like there's moments. Yes. Okay. That, that's that's what I'm saying. You remember fucking Undertaker being buried alive by Austin right. and the hand coming up. You remember the the shit, even like the the title getting stolen with uh, him and Kane and Vince that night. You remember the next night more uh, in the Triple Threat or whatever. Yeah, the the Zamboni deal, right? Yeah. You remember that type of shit. You even remember Austin getting carried off uh, on the cross from the corporate ministry. Yeah. You remember the black wedding with Stephanie. Absolutely. But um, and I guess that's what the Attitude Era is, is moments and shit, but it's not like, oh, I remember. Like, even like that SummerSlam, that's probably one of their best matches they've ever had, but yeah. that's still not a barn burner. Right. I mean, even like the, the first blood match at uh, Fully Loaded 99, which was in mm-hmm. Buffalo, by the way. Uh, and it's just like, but because there was so much involved because you had Vince involved because it was, you know, if the WWF or if Austin won, Vince would be off WWF television. He would still be in the office, but he wouldn't be on television anymore. Yeah. Uh, but like you had, uh, you know, you had that, you had Vince get involved, you had Shane get involved, you had X-Pac get involved. Yeah. You had all these, you know, contributing factors to where it's just like, okay, they didn't need it. No. Like, fucking, like, Austin retains the title after X-Pac kicks a chair in Undertaker's face. Like, and no no disrespect to X-Pac. I happen to, I happen to be an X-Pac fan. But what does that say about Austin that, you know, Five foot eleven X Pac has to be the one to save Austin. It has to be the one to save Austin's title. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying mm-hmm. about like, okay, none of these were like five star matches, because we've talked about rivalries before that are all about like these five star matches. Yeah. Like even like fucking Cena and Edge. Like, I'm sure you remember the uh, Rated R Superstar shit and the live sex celebration, but you're talking about the matches there more than anything. Yeah. It's, you know, the the classic fucking, the match of Vengeance, I believe, when everyone was fucking rooting for Edge when they were in Toronto. Uh, oh, uh, Unforgiven, the TLT thing. Yeah. Just all sorts of shit. Yeah. You think about the matches. Yeah, uh, which I remember. I, I remember because that particular day we went to a house show in uh, um in Niagara Falls, New York, right. and uh, they had a uh, there was supposed to be a thing. Matt Hardy was supposed to wrestle at this house show, but he got pulled so he could go to so he could go to Unforgiven, even though like the house show we were at was at like two o'clock in the afternoon. 
Yeah. But the fact that, you know, uh, I don't Sharon, how, uh, how long is the, dis, uh, it, how long does it take to get from Niagara Falls, Canada to Toronto, Canada? Um, it's probably like an hour. Okay. 45 minutes to an hour. Cause like from our house in Newfane, it was two hours to Toronto. Yeah, okay. Cause like, uh, like, cause the logistics of that were just like, okay. Matt was going to be the third match on, but they needed him for the segment, which was at the backstage yeah. at Unforgiven. Uh, but, like, even though his backstage wasn't going to be on until about 8.30, 9 o'clock. Uh, they needed him now. Yeah, they're just like, all right, don't even do the house show. Just like, it's like, he's got to drive an hour and a half. Because, <laughs> like, Niagara Falls, Ontario, and Niagara, Fall, or, and Niagara Falls, New York, are like right across from one another. You could swim. <laughs> uh, like you might could, not be a good idea, but well, because the falls. But yeah, straight across the falls. Well, I mean that's my point. You could go down in a barrel like that one bitch. She didn't survive, all right. No. All right. Well, don't do that. Uh, but yeah. So, but no, like. Uh, the point I was going to get to, but then I got sidetracked, was that match with Cena and Edge and that TLC, that was, that was without a doubt, more than likely their best match. Yeah. Either that or the last man standing match at Backlash 2009, but that was hampered because of Big Show starting his feud with Cena right away. Right? Like, if Big Show would have just stayed the fuck out of it... Yeah. We would have had another classic. And that's the thing is that, like, with, with big rivalries, it's kind of hard to have a five-star classic match when other people are getting involved and basically trying to, you know, make sure that they're involved in the payday. I mean, yeah. Yep. To a point. But, it, I mean, it depends on the situation. It's also, it's not that person's fault that they were booked that day. It's not like fucking Big Show was like, I can't wait to fuck this up. You know, it's... No, I I understand that. I'm just saying is that, like, it's just stuff that's not... If you're going to end a feud... Yeah, but I feel like all these are excuses just to say the match wasn't as good as it should have been in all these situations. Yeah, Austin got hurt. Yeah, fucking... uh, And he wasn't the same after the neck. Yeah, the attitude error isn't that much about wrestling. You know, it's shit like that, but it doesn't take away from the fact they didn't have a classic match. Right. It, it, those are the reasons why, and it's the truth. And a lot of that's the truth. A lot of the, rivalries get fucking binded by bullshit. Fucking Dean Ambrose or John Moxley, whatever the fuck you want to call him, and AJ Styles should have had good match after good match, but James Ellsworth had to be involved. You know, right. shit like that happens all the time. You're not wrong. But, you know, it also... It, it, it is what it is. It also, you still got to call a spade a spade and say that it wasn't that great of a match. Yeah. You know, AJ and Dean should yeah. have had better matches, whether it was no chin's fault or not. Right. They weren't, they didn't have a five-star match. And that's why that rivalry will never talk about on this show. Cause it's not a classic when it should have been. Right. Uh, exactly. This, this rivalry though is besides, and by the way, Eric put in the description, classic match after classic match. So I'm sorry for shitting all over it, but, uh, no, 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 no,
Well, he or he, I mean, he did just do the description like twenty minutes, twenty minutes ago. So yeah, but <clears throat> what makes this rivalry classic? Like you said earlier, you nailed it on the head. The moments make make a classic rivalry too, and it kind of made this one. But also, it's just the fact the sheer quantity of times they were like opposing each other. Or yeah. On the same, like it feels like these two always had something to do with each other in the Attitude Era because Austin was the guy. He was like the number one. He was the biggest draw in all of wrestling, and then Undertaker was probably the most liable, you know, or reliable, most, you know, like. He's the workhorse of the Loyal. team. He can do anything. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and you got to remember, and going back to their to the early days of Raw, like ninety six ish, when Austin first got uh, got the push and got the King of the Ring title, the next night he's working Undertaker. Okay. And then, you know, you figure that a month after that he's got Undertaker again, and he's working. You know, he works Undertaker a few times. Because, like, also, too, you know, going back to the days of, especially the early days of TV, it's just like, okay, we got a guy here. So, let's say, all right, Austin wins King of the Ring. The next night, Vince decides, or for the next night on Raw, they, Vince decides, okay, we want Austin on TV. He won King of the Ring. Who do we get him in the ring with? Got to be a main event. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to do main event uh, at that particular time, you had three options of main event, ba- uh, main event babyface. Shawn Michaels, who was the WWF champion, who they didn't want to get to yet. Ultimate Warrior, which, thank God that didn't happen. Or Undertaker. <laughs> okay? Because... They worked Ahmed earlier in the night because Ahmed was Intercontinental Champion, and you really don't want to do, you know, two guys that are technically getting put because you got to get one over. Yeah. Okay? So it's like, okay, we'll put Undertaker out there. Undertaker's coming off losing to Mankind. So, and a loss is not going to hurt the Undertaker or whatever, disqualification or whatever the fuck. So that's what you did. And then the next week when they did it again – all right, Austin's still on a roll. So, all right, who do we put him with? Okay, look at our options. Undertaker's the best option. Undertaker can give him a good match because Undertaker can work. So we're going to do that. So it's just like when you get to TV and you're pretty much looking. Because, you know, back in, that, back in those days, uh, you get to TV and you see a board. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and on the board is this person versus that person. You go, you look at the board right away. You don't, like now they'll go up to the fucking agents and be like, all right, who am I working tonight? Or they'll go, they'll check fucking Russell's zone or whatever. Yeah. Now, or, but back then it was, you have to look at the board. All right, uh, so you go up to Pat Patterson, Pat, who am I working tonight? Oh, it's on the board. Okay. Go Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker. All right, cool. It's main event. I'm good. Uh, hopefully, I don't have to loop. Hopefully, I don't have to, you know, it's not going to be a squash, which it wasn't. But then, again, it's they always kind of found their way with each other. And then there were times where Austin was working mankind. 
yeah. Undertaker would get involved there. Yep. Austin would attack Undertaker, even though Undertaker would come and help Austin. But Austin was still a heel. Uh, then, you know, the first time they really worked a pay-per-view with one another was, and I'm not even necessarily talking about the Royal Rumble, but that Final Four in 97. Yeah, okay. get into that. So, have we covered that on this show? Yeah. Okay. All right. So for anybody, by the way, we've covered it. It's in the archives in your house, Final Four from February 16th, 1997. But it was a four-way matchup. It was Bret Hart, Vader, Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The winner was supposed to get uh, Shawn My- or, or the WWF champion at WrestleMania for the WWF title. All right. Shawn Michaels ends up losing a smile and probably his testicles. Uh <laughs> Decides he's got a knee injury. He can't do it. They put the title on the line. And oh, that yeah, particular yeah. match, by the way, like you have, you can win by pinfall submission or throwing your opponent over the top rope. And it was one of those big ass bros. Like every, they were beating the shit out of each other. Vader bled buckets. Austin actually tweaked his knee. Did anyone get tossed over the top rope? I. I think that's how everybody got it. No, there were no pinfalls or submissions in the match. Right. Everybody got tossed over the top. So I got to go back and watch it again. That was, I really loved that match. It's a one match card, but it's also like one of my favorite fatal four ways of all time. Yeah. And it's, it, to be honest with you, it, it's technically the first, well, it's not the first fatal four way that the WWF has done, but it's the first successful fatal four way that they've done. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect to the Godwins, the New Rockers, the Body Donnas, and the Smoking Guns, but it's the first successful Fatal Four Way that they've done. Uh, but uh, so, but in that match, you know, Austin tweaks his knee, but it's still like I, I believe the match went forty-five minutes. Okay. Okay. Bret Hart wins the title, but Undertaker gets the title shot at WrestleMania. He ends up wrestling Sid because Austin costs Bret Hart the title the next night on Raw, which we reviewed that. Uh, First time Undertaker and Austin have a single at a pay-per-view is In Your House, Cold Day in Hell, Uh, which was May 11th, 1997. Ironically, a pay-per-view called Cold Day in Hell is on was on Mother's Day that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is for the world title, too. For the WWF title. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jim Ross used to say that certain psychopaths in the company were colder than a mother-in-law's kiss. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so they had that. But, and... And so one of the reasons why that match wasn't a classic is because, again, you had the involvement of the Hart Foundation. Yeah. Because they didn't like Undertaker, but they were damned if they were going to let Austin win the title. Yeah. So you had their involvement, but uh, the reason why that match had been made at the time is because I think it was going to be Brett. Yeah. Okay. Brett hurt his knee. So they're like, all right, what the fuck do we do? Uh, so they kind of go down the list. Sid had the Sid went away. Uh, 
he wasn't given permission. He just left because it was softball season. Uh, <laughs> and they really didn't know what else to uh, what else to do. So they're like, all right, fuck it. We're going to put Austin in because he's the next biggest star that we have. We need Vader to get Shamrock over. Uh, Mankind already had his shot, so we're not going to do that again. Yeah. Uh, and so it was like, it was Austin. Like it had to be, right? So they do this match. It was a decent match. Again, it was another one of those kind of one-match pay-per-views. Yeah. Except for Vader and Shamrock, Shamrock was fucking brutal. Uh, like they beat the shit out of each other. You expect nothing less. Though. Yeah. Uh, so like they they had that match. I remember that match, and it was even though it was kind of a not a shitty ending, but not a great payoff ending either. Right. Uh, I thought it was a good match. Went about twenty minutes. It was a fun match. Yeah, and then at the end, Austin hits Undertaker with the stunner after Undertaker helps Austin clear the ring of the Heart Foundation. But again, Austin had that "I don't need anybody uh, need anybody" mentality. Yeah, but it's kind of funny. And to think about them going from this contest to their next contest, not the one on Raw, but obviously the the SummerSlam deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Drastically different circumstances, right? Like you go, like this is still an upcoming Steve Austin, you know, challenging for the belt and Undertaker, and ratings aren't killing it yet, like they're supposed to be. Now you go to SummerSlam '98, and Austin's the guy; he's the world champion. Business is pretty hot, right? And Undertaker's, you know, working him. And Undertaker's still a big deal. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I think the tides have turned as far as who the bigger star is. Yeah. You got to remember, this is also Madison Square Garden. Which, uh, Madison Square Garden at the time, probably not considered that anymore, but at the time, Madison Square Garden was the... I'd say it's still the Mecca, in a way. I mean, it can be. I mean, if they had more shows there, it would be. In my opinion, it would be. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, they do a lot of of house shows there. Yeah, there's a lot of good boxing there. Yeah. Uh... And that's also where the uh, New York Rangers play their hockey. It's where the Knicks play basketball. Exactly. I mean, you could probably talk more about the Rangers being successful, at least now, than the Knicks are. But, uh, <laughs> but like, the uh, – but with that being a Madison Square Garden, it's, you know, again, like, like we said back in that day, Madison Square Garden was considered the wrestling uh, – and I, I don't want to offend people by saying this, but this is what how people call it. They call it the wrestling holy ground. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yep. Like, you don't know if you've made it in wrestling or not until you've been booked at the garden. That's true. Okay. And it's funny. These guys are going to go on to wrestle multiple times, but this is probably their best match they've ever had. Ah. Understand, yeah. This is my favorite match that they have had. I think the best match they've ever had was probably at that Judgment Day 2001. Really? Oh. Is that for the title still? I think Undertaker should have won that match. I do think it was... I personally think it was their best. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I love the SummerSlam match. I mean, it was a good no-holds-barred match, but... 
I like SummerSlam better. The fully loaded was okay. But, uh, uh, what do you think of the uh, fully loaded uh, match? Oh, the fully loaded 99? Yeah, end of an era. Yeah. Hold on, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on the SummerSlam match? Let's try to go in order a little bit here. Uh, as far as that match goes, again, top to bottom, I thought it was a really good SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, that, but that SummerSlam match, like, to me, it was Undertaker still kind of being a babyface. Yeah. Even though you knew he was turning heel, he was aligned with Kane, but there were still... There was remnants of babyface there. Yes. Because you knew he was still respected. Yeah. Because yeah. he sent Kane back to the bathhouse when he wanted to do it one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah, these guys respected the hell out of each other, so... Uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, all right. Next... We go to breakdown in your house. Uh, the triple threat with Kane and Undertaker, and Steve Austin's the champion. Uh, what'd you think? Oh, this had a lot of fucky shit because of Vince, and that's that's another knock you can make on this rivalry is that uh, a lot of it was Vince, you know, and a lot of it had other shit going on. It, like a lot of it wasn't always Undertaker in Austin, just not liking each other. They have an issue in the wrestling. It's more fucky attitude era shit. And then those guys are going at it yeah. too. Well, cause thank you, Eric. I agree. Yeah. Cause this one, and, and you are right. Okay. okay. Uh, cause this particular deal here was McMahon made a deal with the undertaker and Kane to get the title off of Austin, which is why they, you know, the match was made, you know, this triple threat, but it was more of a two-on-one because Vince had even said, you cannot, Undertaker and Kane cannot win the title by pinning each other. You have to beat Austin. Like, the referee will not count if you're pinning each other. Austin has to be beat. Yeah. Which was, it's just like, okay, you're guaranteeing that there's going to be a new champion, which we, which we can understand. Okay, but I get, but like you just said, you know, more fucky shit, which is kind of, uh, which I mean, it adds to the personal issue, but it also takes away because it's not even really a personal issue. It's just these two guys don't like each other because it's being made clear that this is being scripted that like these two guys don't like each other because they're being told not to like each other. Yeah. And. The whole deal, like even the week before on Raw, when it was when McMahon wanted Austin and uh, wanted Kane and Undertaker to team up against Austin, and it had to be a mystery volunteer. And Rock, Shamrock, and Mankind were involved in the feud. Yeah. And McMahon basically said to them. Neither one of you can volunteer to be Austin's partner if you want to be involved in this main event number one contenders match. So they did. Mm. And then the person that ended up being involved was Billy Gunn. 
Billy Gunn ended up being Austin's partner. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Billy Gunn had already worked uh, like earlier on in the night. But what they needed was they technically needed somebody to take the fall in the match and it not be Austin. Yeah. Uh, So they're they're looking around and Billy's just like, fuck, I'll do it. Right, because they were kind of pushing him because they were calling him like the most magnificent athlete in the WWF anyway. Yeah, Jr. was. Yeah. So, but so he went out there. They they did that. Then they do the breakdown match, and then the, the next night on Raw, Austin with the Zamboni, and then Undertaker and Kane break McMahon's leg. Which it, none of the shit made any sense. Yeah. It's like an hour ago when he was going to present to the title. He, they were your best friends. But now, because you would not help, because they just stood there while Austin beat, it, it took the, the cops had to get Austin off of McMahon. Those two didn't do shit. They just stood there waiting for McMahon to decide who the champion was going to be. <laughs> so it made no fucking sense. No, it didn't. No. So It was stupid. Yeah. I mean, I think we watched this match together at some point. And it was all right, and it was fun in the premise of them trying to fuck Austin. But it's also like, if you really wanted to take the belt off him, why not just have Undertaker or Kane pin each other and then say, you know, that anybody can lose in the match? And then, like, it could be easier to get the belt off Austin if you just have them beat him up, throw him out of the ring, and then one of them pin each other. Right. There's loopholes in Vince's plan. Yeah, well, this guy's been his plan for years. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of the uh, uh, the tag team match on Raw with Rock and Austin, Kane, and Undertaker? So that was funny because, again, it was you're trying to get Rock over. Yeah. Right, and you're also so trying... Rock hadn't turned yet, right? Rock was still doing this couple months as a major babyface. And so they join forces. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Even though, like, before the match uh, happened, Rock said, he goes, I'd rather slap you in the face than slap your hand if you smell what the Rock is cooking or whatever. Uh, it was a good match. Now, again, it was used as a, can Undertaker and Kane get along? You got Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown uh, have an issue with the Rock. You have... This masked man coming in, hits Austin with a nightstick, reveals himself to be the big boss man. So, again, it was more, again, layers to the story. Yes, it was a good main event tag team match. So, all right. So, this match, this match, uh, this was the main event of Raw. The main event of Nitro was Bret Hart and Hollywood Hogan versus the Warrior and Sting in a match that lasted three minutes. And Warrior barely got involved in the got involved in the match. So you had two main event tag matches. One sucked because it barely got started. The other one was convoluted yep. because it still was a fun match to watch because Oh my God, Rock and Austin, you know, yeah. they're going to start being buddies. Yeah. I mean, it's bullshit. They're going to start being buddies. That's kind of cool, though. They end up being right. It's always intriguing. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, the Fatal 4-Way Capital Carnage in the UK. Uh, it's Austin, Nick Kane, Mankind, and Undertaker. Pretty good match. Very good match. Uh, they were running this at the houses at, at, at the live event. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sharon and I happened to see one of them one night. That's sweet. Uh, it was that show that we went to uh, with Bob uh, where we were in the very last row. Oh, we were. Yeah, that was kind of a last minute thing. So yeah, the tickets we got were way up in the. Nosebleeds. Yeah, way up in the cheap seats. <laughs> they weren't cheap, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they were they were way up there. How bad were they? Uh, do you remember the odd the auditorium where they played hockey? No, but like, how how much were they? Like, oh, I don't remember how much they were. I wonder hockey. how inflation if they were bad. Uh, I think because I remember we got. We did a raw where we were up in the, yeah, like we were like three rows from the top. Yeah, and I those cost me twenty bucks. Did uh, WWE have a Titantron yet when you guys went? Not at the house. No. Oh, so that sucks. So you can barely see shit. Oh, we made sure we brought binoculars. We brought binoculars when we went too. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, at the. At the house shows, Titantron was never on. Wow. I gotcha. Now, now the fuck up thing is they do that now because they run backstage segments at the house shows now. So just in case the people that are up in the cheap seats, they, they need to be able to see. So they actually, like, they'll run the Titantron yeah. now. Back in the day, they actually treated it as if, like, okay, we don't need the pyro and all that shit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. Going into their Buried Alive match at Rock Bottom, the Rock's own pay-per-view, we have Steve Austin and The Undertaker again. This might be one of the more iconic meetups. Yeah. First Buried Alive match ever? Uh, Did he do one with Mankind first? Yeah, the first one was him and Mankind. I believe this was number two. Okay. This is fucking awesome. This is Attitude Era fun at its best. Uh, I like the callback when they did the thing with uh, AJ and Taker at WrestleMania, whatever that match was called. The was Boneyard that? thing? Yeah, the Boneyard thing. And they have AJ's glove hanging after. Yeah. I felt like that was a nice little fun callback to this when his hand rises up after. Yeah. When he's buried alive. And Austin coming out, he's like, fuck this. He walks out, then he comes out with a big-ass like construction plow. Oh, yeah, the the... What do they call that? Like a bobcat or something? Something like that. Or a tonka. Yeah. Well, I don't... Like this awesome yeah. it, I don't think... Tonka doesn't make this. They should have. Uh, but, yeah, and then, like, you had Kane get involved. Kane helped Austin. Uh, and then, I think afterwards, according to what I saw in the WWF magazine, Earl Hebner and Steve Austin shared a beer after. That's awesome. But it was fucking awesome. I liked was this it. Match... It was, was awesome this match and Undertaker in a buried alive match. Yeah, it wasn't for the title. No, it wasn't for the title. No. But it was really good. Yeah. Because Rock and Mankind were for the title that night, Eric. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. The pay-per-view was named Rock Bottom. 
If Rock wasn't the champion, why would the pay-per-view be named after him? Very true. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot. I mean, it's one of the funnest meetups between the two in my... Yeah, and again, it's starting to be, because now, like, this is right before Undertaker does the whole cult leader thing. Really? Yeah, before he does the the Ministry of Darkness. And then Austin ends up tearing his abdominal wall, so he has to be out for a few weeks. Damn. Uh, and then they re- actually wrote Undertaker off of television for a few weeks himself. Uh, but no, it it was a fun match. These types of gimmick matches are always fun because you really don't know like what's going to happen. You don't know like who's getting written off for you know a specific amount of time or what. Yeah, I have All to right. go back and watch this one. You should. No Mercy ninety nine, the Triple Threat match with him and Triple H. This was a lot of fun to me. Now, uh, what month was this in? Uh, I don't remember. I don't fucking know. You tell me. You're the historian of the show. I, I don't remember a lot of these. This is No Mercy, 99. This was maybe, maybe February? Five? What's five? May. There you go. It was May. in May. Oh, I really don't remember this because again, I didn't see a lot of the UK stuff. No mercy. That's a that's a big pay per view though. It was a big pay per view later in the year, but again, this was a UK pay per view. Yeah, but this is oh. no mercy in the UK. No yeah, and then they ran in no mercy in the streets later that year. So you didn't oh, they had two no mercy that year. All right, I guess we'll move on then if you didn't see it. Undertaker and Steve Austin at uh, Over the Edge. Special referee Shane McMahon. And we have a title change. Undertaker wins. So, again, the whole uh, deal was uh, Shane wanted to be the referee of this match. He wanted to get the title off Austin. Vince McMahon was made the second special guest referee by Shawn Michaels. On heat, like right before the pay-per-view, Vince McMahon had to wrestle Midian. And Shane McMahon said, if you don't beat Midian, you're not the referee. And it's like, okay, you're not the you're not the sole owner of the company. Your father is, you fucking. You're supposed to listen to your father. Yeah. Uh, so, like, but, you know, Vince ended up uh, with an injury or something during that match. They have this match, and of course, Shane is biased towards Undertaker. This is actually when Shane McMahon was at his best. Was at his, oh my God, you want to see him take that 75-foot fall, but fall into something that doesn't have a neck. Yeah. Okay. He was he was probably one of the top heels in the company. Shane McMahon? Yeah. 100%, yeah. Because he had that face you just wanted to hit with a shovel. Yeah, he was a squirmy little fucker. He was a good heel, too. Yeah. 
And again, this was another Austin Undertaker match that had more to the story. Because remember, Mm -hmm. Austin interrupted Undertaker trying to, you know, pull some species shit with Stephanie McMahon. Uh, You know, with the Black Wedding and all that shit. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun because, like, you got to see Austin kind of, even though Austin said he really didn't care about anybody, you got to see him have a human side. Yeah, and, like, the fact that that was the one time that it's like, all right, well, this is bigger than our thing we have going on, and fucking Vince, like, mouthing out thank you in the ring, and it's like, it was kind of sweet. It's like, oh, Austin has a heart. Yeah, and then, like, uh, they kind of teased for a few weeks. It's like, all right, Austin and McMahon are going to be on the same side. Then you throw Rock in there, then you throw... Lord help us, you throw the Union in there. I love the Union. The Union were guys, again, like, it was pretty much just, you need... It was another thing that didn't make sense, though, and it's like underrated, I mean, underrated guys, but the stable never was going to make sense because it's a Union, and it's like uh, four guys that are tired of their treatment. They're tired of the way that they've been. It's like they're a union and they're coming together and, you know, they're tired of the boss. And But who's the head of the group? Vince. The, the fucking Vince boss. Vince That's what? like if, like, exactly. fucking, that's like if you're in a welding shop, like, or any place. Like, you're a fucking, a teacher's union and the, all the teachers fucking start a union and the principal's at the head of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that is a good. I don't know how teacher unions go, so I'm not. I don't know if that statement holds up or not. But it's like you're you're coming together to fight this guy. Why the fuck is he leading you? Okay, so yeah, <laughs> and, and like Vince, you're the reason Tessas are getting pushed. <laughs> it's it's your fault. That yeah, and, and uh, well, the first the common bond that all four of these guys had was they were all technically part of the corporation. Yes. Uh, mankind was un- mankind was kind of part of it before it was known as a corporation, but yeah. still. All right, and then Big Show, Test, and Shamrock were part of it, and then uh, and technically Vince had been thrown out of the corporation too, so that's why he had to be the leader. It still doesn't make any fucking. Oh sense. God, no! Like if you decipher it, like I just did, you could kind of see like, all right, that's why they tried to pass this bullshit on. Yeah, us. but it's like, what the fuck. Exactly, but you just also kind of look at it as this is the dumbest, like, as good as this TV is, like, some of this shit is the dumbest fucking shit I had ever seen. Yeah, I thought the Union could have gone a little farther than what they did. Yeah, I think they would have had uh, Mick not gotten hurt. Yeah, and if Vince in the corporate ministry. Yeah. Because Vince being head of the corporate ministry didn't make any fucking sense either. That was stupid. Yeah. Vince's need to put himself in everything hurt a lot of good story beats. Right, exactly. Like that whole, the higher power thing, which again is part of this Undertaker-Austin rivalry. Yes. Okay? But it's a shitty part of it. Yeah, and like, and the, the whole thing, you know, Austin er, was tossed the title accidentally by Vince, and Shane going one, two, three. Uh, that just hurt my leg. Uh <laughs> But, like, and then, you know, the next week when the Higher Power debuts, uh, and, like, Austin gets a good look at who the Higher Power is, okay? Let's, let's bring that up, okay? 
So Austin knows who the higher power is. Higher power comes out, and then they reveal it to be Vince. And then, uh, you know, Linda McMahon comes out and cuts a promo, which she should never fucking do. Yeah. And they <laughs> announce Austin is the new CEO. Uh, again, part of the Undertaker-Austin story, but a part of the story that really did not need to be told. Yeah. None of it was... It was all stupid yeah. as fuck. Yeah. To be completely honest with you. But again, it was the most watched TV. Like, they were watching Ever. more yeah. more this than they were WCW. Because WCW at the time was... Uh, falling apart. Yeah, yeah, it was falling apart. You had fucking uh, Ric Flair, you know, on a power trip. Roddy Piper on a power trip. Uh, fucking, you had women coming out of suitcases and dumping uh, fucking horse shit on top of Randy Savage. Yeah, it was stupid. Yep. Yeah, and he had like the fourth installment of the NWO. All right, let's move on to fully loaded in the first blood match. Okay. Uh, this was in Buffalo. Eric wanted to talk about it earlier. Eric, what did you think of this one? From what I can remember, I thought it was a good match. Um. Yeah, it was was it their best match of their of the feud? Probably not, but it was good match. Storyline of end of end of an era was intriguing because if if Austin wins, Vince is gone from from gone forever, and if Austin loses, he can't get another WWF title shot for the rest of his career. So that that um, involvement. That into the storyline made it more intriguing. It wasn't a long match, but it was a good match. Yeah, I'd agree. Oh, and again, like I was saying earlier about you know who all got involved in this match, and I did like this match. Like I underratedly did enjoy this pay per view. Yeah. Okay. Me too. But it was also. I mean, what does that say about Austin when X-Pac has to be the one to come out and help him re- retain the title? Mm-hmm. Says right. a lot. Not in a good way, but it says a lot. Yeah. And also, don't forget when Austin regained the title from Undertaker the month before, the night after King of the Ring. Yeah. Which, that was a very underrated uh Raw main event. And it was actually the first Raw that I actually got to watch, like front to back, because they mom and dad were starting to let me watch wrestling again. Yeah. Uh, on Monday night, I was not allowed to watch Thunder. God forbid. I couldn't watch Thunder. I couldn't watch Saturday night, but I could watch Raw and Nitro on Mondays. Uh, huh. It was okay. I actually used on school to night watch behind your backs anyway. Uh, yeah, it was a whole. Thing. It, it was a whole thing. Uh, that's actually when I, like, right when I first started getting you involved, too. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was it was a good one. Yeah. All right. Now, everything else that happens in this, I mean, they do kind of, you know, reignite the, the rivalry in uh, 2002 a little bit. Yeah. But all the, no, let me finish. Okay. Because they have a lot of matches still, but a lot of it's because of uh, the alliance stuff. 
Yeah. Or, or it has other things. It's not directly these two go. We're still going to cover it, but because they, they meet a shit ton more times after this still. But a lot of it, it doesn't feel like Austin versus Undertaker. It, you're saying it's got more layers. It's got more, like, added to it. Yeah. Well, like, a lot of it's the alliance. Like, they're only opposed with each other because Austin's a heel and in the alliance. Yeah. But uh, we, we can't forget the the brutal, fucking amazing. Uh, well, I mean, do you want to talk? I mean, the six-way Hell in a Cell, I feel like we've already covered. And it's not really about those two being against each other. It's more about whether or not Kurt Angle no. can can survive. Yeah. I will say we do need to talk briefly before the alliance, but when uh, Austin turns heel, that tag match at Backlash 2001 uh, with the two-man power trip versus the Brothers of Destruction is a very good tag team match. Yeah. And it's something that was thrown together I don't think they knew what the hell they were going to do. Yeah. So, like, first couple of weeks after after WrestleMania was over with, because, by the way, Backlash was on April 29th yeah. of 2001. WrestleMania 1 was on April 1st of that year. So, it's a four-week gap, right? So, you got a four-week build. The night after WrestleMania, so on April 2nd, we had Austin Rock in the cage. Triple H comes out, reveals, okay, I'm going to be united with, uh, or I'm going to be united with Austin and McMahon, which wasn't the original plan. The original plan was they wanted Hunter to turn babyface, and they wanted Hunter and Austin to go at it for the title. Hunter said, I'm not a babyface. I'm a piece of shit. And I mean, I don't know if he said that. I'm paraphrasing because he was. Uh, but... It wasn't going to work, Austin versus versus uh, Hunter. Yeah. All right. Next week, the next week, they do this thing where you know they're teaming with Stephanie to take on the Hardys and uh, and Lita. All right. And it looks like they're going to start something with the Hardys. Right. So it's just like, oh my god, what the you know? There's no way Austin and Triple H versus the Hardys can main event a pay per view. The yeah. Hardys weren't ready. So then it's just like, all right, what the fuck do we do now? Because, you know, Jericho and Benoit would be the next baby face, but they got their own things going on. Oh, shit. Yeah, we have Undertaker and Kane on the roster. So let's just let's get them in there. So on a like on a seven on a six day build. Or they start building to it. They cost Kane the hardcore title, but then Undertaker and Kane win the tag belts. And then, like, the week before the pay-per-view on a backstage segment on Sunday Night Heat, that's when McMahon says that that it's a tag team match for all the titles, which apparently Misty didn't like. Uh, But it worked. Or, like, it it was a really good match, but it was a really good match that not a lot of people cared about because it's just like you threw it together just like that. Because you didn't know what they were going to do. That's true, but it was also a lot of fun. Yeah. And it was also like it's a tag team match in a main event. Yeah. You no, know, it, it was not seen a lot. It's something different, and it's for the bigger guys in the company. So I think it, to me, it's like it's hard not to care about it. But I understand there's not really a build to it. But I think it's just the build is the name value there. Yeah. That's for fucking, but you 
Rock's not there, so it's not the five biggest, but right. it's the four biggest, like, besides Rock, like, these are the fucking guys. And they've been the guys in the Attitude Era. So seeing all four of them go against each other, or, you know, in a yep. tag team match, it was a lot of fun. I mean, no, I, I do agree, because I did enjoy it. Yeah. But I, what I'm just saying is that, like, again, I'm I'm looking at it from, okay, there's a lot of people that are looking at this as, like, okay, why why should we care? Yeah. Because again, they the company had no clue what the fuck they were doing, what they were going to do at the time. Because Rock was going away, Triple H said, "I don't want to be cheered by the people." And then you look at the next guys you were going to push, which were Matt and Jeff Hardy, and you know they weren't ready. That's true. Lita was more ready for a main event than they were. Now, you said the No Holds Barred Judgment Day 2001 title match is your favorite, right? Uh, It's my favorite Undertaker-Austin match, yes. It was a really good match, and heel-Austin's kind of fun. It was – they shouldn't have done it, obviously. He should have stayed a babyface. They shouldn't have done the heel turn, and I'm telling – like, the only part I did not like about this match was keeping the belt on Austin. If you were going to take the – if you were going to take – the Intercontinental title off of Triple H, then you take the WWF title off of Austin. Yeah. And then they were going to lose the tag. But again, the plan was going to be... Because he ended up losing it to Angle, right? Right. And then he ended up getting it back, and then he held it until they unified the belts. Yeah. So the I think the original plan was... Uh, Undertaker or, or Austin and Triple H were going to were going to keep were going to feud. They were going to split after Triple H accidentally hit Austin with the sledgehammer and tossed them the tag titles. Now I don't know because they were actually going to do this the match between the two, and I'm pretty sure they were probably just going to turn uh, either Austin back babyface or they were going to tell Hunter. Hey, look, this is what we're doing. You're going to be a baby face. If you don't like it, just shut the fuck up and do it anyway. <laughs> like, you're still technically dating China. You're not married to my daughter yet, so you're going to do what the fuck I tell you. Uh, yeah, that would have been weird. It's Triple H and baby face against Austin. I don't think it would have worked. Well, and again, we didn't get that because Triple H tore his quad. So, yeah. Who's tearing that quad? Yeah. Uh, but no, that match, like the main, uh, I said the main problem I had with that match was Undertaker not going over. Another big problem I had with that match is how stupid they made Kane look at the end. Really? Yeah, because they had him come out as Undertaker was getting pinned. It's like, no, you bring that big motherfucker out before you know, they knock him out and try to pin him. You bring him out as soon as Triple H gets his ass out there. Yeah. Like, you yeah. make him, you know, they used to call him the the big red, I can't say the last word. Yeah. But. Why? Is it dumbass or? Starts with an R. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. I, I, so I'm not going to say it. I can't say it. No. But I'm going to say that in that instance, they made him look like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
He Papa Shango'd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get it. But I, I do, and I agree Undertaker should have won. But also, like, Undertaker's had the belt so many times. Right. He didn't, like, it was a great match. I really liked it. I, I going away from it, I thought more like this heel run sucks than anything. But you want to cover their last match ever? Or is there anything in between you want to talk about? Because they are on different teams for Team WWF and Team Alliance, but that feels like its own thing, too. It, it feels like its own thing, and it was so dumb. Like, I, again... And what we, was? The match? Or, well, or the, the, the Alliance WWF? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we, we've covered it so many times, we really don't need to. I still think Team, uh, team WCW for that Survivor Series should have been, and again... It wasn't going to happen, but it should have been Hogan, Goldberg, Page, Sting, and Booker. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It it should have been them, and it should have been Austin, Undertaker, Rock, Angle, and Kane. You're right. That should have been. I disagree with you. That's absolutely what it should have been. Yeah. But what we got was still yeah. like a five-star match. No, still I, the best Survivor Series elimination match of all time. I agree. I did enjoy the match. I'm just saying is that like... The angle and, and the payoff and everything, everything should have been different, and I don't disagree. It's just they did they did catch a certain magic with the end of that. That like... It, it's because of all the guys in it, and it's because of like... Because Steve Austin should not be the head of the WCW team. No. He shouldn't be the head of, like, yes, he was there, but, like, but just for its own, if you take the Alliance shit out of it and you say one team's captained by The Rock and the other team's captained by Steve Austin. Yeah. And the names that are on each team, it's like, holy shit. And it it lived up to that. It was really good. Yeah, and I'm not disagreeing with that because they did make chicken salad out of the chicken shit. That one night they did, yeah. That that night, yeah, because that was the best alliance. Had, anything heading guys who could even Big Show who was still who still sucked at the time. Mm-hmm. He still made it made everything work. Yes, it did. So I'm not knocking what the magic they were able to create in that match. Yeah, I'm knocking how they got there. Yeah, it's one of the most botched storylines of all time. Yeah. Uh, All right. Their last encounter is at Backlash 2002, and it's for a number one contendership match at the Undisputed World Title. Hogan and Triple H for the World Title is around this time. At at Backlash. At Backlash, after uh, Triple H wins it from Jericho. But Triple H wants to get rid of it because he doesn't want to be a babyface champion, even though they really want him to. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Hogan will always take the belt, you know. I feel like we yeah, need a champion. Yeah. Right, that works for me, brother. Yeah. The problem is it didn't work at the box office. No, not that. Not this time. No. This is the only time it did. Uh, but Ric Flair is a special guest referee. And this is kind of this was an all right match. I mean, Austin's winding down; he's getting old. But for like heel, t- like this was the first time in a while. Actually, no, it isn't. But biker heel, like it's cool that we got to see 
them wrestle through every incarnation, right? Yeah. Like, we got to see, like, at the beginning, we got, you know, kind of hungry Austin, anti-hero, and, you know, established Undertaker. And then we get, like, the Undertaker and Kane shit, but Austin's in it. And then we get, like, corporate ministry under heel Undertaker and, and babyface Austin. You know, cult leader Undertaker. Yeah, obviously. cult leader Undertaker. And then then we get, like, bad guy Austin versus, you know, like, good guy biker, badass, taker. Family man, because well, he's sticking up for his family, sticking up for his brother, Kane. Yeah. And, you know, that's when they started bringing Sarah into it, his wife at the time. Yeah. So we got, you know, the good guy biker, Undertaker. Yeah. Versus heel Austin. And now here, like their final encounter, we get bad guy, heel biker, Undertaker. Yeah. Versus babyface Austin. The start of the whole Austin Flair feud to me is still like one of the my uh, one of the funniest things when uh, Flair and McMahon are trying to battle for who should sign Steve Austin. Either he goes to SmackDown with McMahon or he stays on Raw with Flair. And then he goes to McMahon. He's just like, I'm picking you. And he's like, All right, cool. He goes, uh, uh, Just one more thing. I forgot to tell you. And Vince looks at him and he goes, April Fool. And then he hits him with that because it was April Fool's was, Day. Yeah. And I was just like, that is the Because I'm thinking, I'm like, he's going to put, watching this live, I'm thinking, I'm like, he's going to pull something. Yeah. Like, there's no fucking way he is going with Vince McMahon again. Like, they did that and it sucked. But then when he's just like, oh, yeah, April Fool, I'm just like, it's about fucking time they do something like this on April Fool's Day. And then Flair's smiling, right? Yeah, and then he's yeah. happy, and then he got a little over-enthusiastic, and then Austin's just like, fuck this, and he stuns Flair, too. And then and that started that whole thing. And Undertaker and Flair were not necessarily the best of friends anyway. Yeah, because they just had a match. Yeah, and technically, like, originally they booked the match, like, Flair booked Undertaker versus Triple H for Backlash. Yeah. But then uh, they decided to, like, the next night they decided, fuck this, you know, we're going to do something else instead. Yeah. Well, this is the brand extension shit, too. Yeah. Because Vince McMahon came on TV and it's just like, Ric Flair doesn't get to pick Triple H's uh, first title defense. I do. And it's just like, oh, God. (laughs) And then he ended up picking Hogan. And then, like, you know, looking back at this years later, I'm just like, Hogan must have said something. (laughs) That didn't work for me, brother. Uh, And you know that scene that you just talked about, it's iconic, when the first and only time I've ever seen, besides, like, the showcase stuff in the new games, Judgment Day that year, uh, which was the video game. Yeah. For I think it was right before Here Comes the Pain. I think it was called no. Yeah. Maybe it was, it was just bring it, right? Just bring it, yeah. No. Yeah, just bring it. it yeah, because it was it was the original SmackDown and SmackDown Two Know Your Role, and then SmackDown Three Just Bring It. Because they named the first. No, shut your mouth. This one, shut your mouth. Is that what you want me to do, or? Well, both. <laughs> but <laughs> no, it was shut your mouth was right before. Uh, uh, because they were just like, let's go through every uh, rock catchphrase. Yeah. And then eventually they're like, no, let's do Here Comes the Pain. But uh, Shut Your Mouth, underrated game, and that you go through the brand extension and you like can either pick 
uh, Vince or uh, Rick, and it's the first time you can really draft rosters. And it was actually pretty cool. I remember this little guy. It was awesome. But for Steve Austin, they actually recreated that whole scene in the video game. Yeah. And literally didn't change anything. He does the same thing. April Fool stuns him, flares, he fucking stuns him too. And, like, it's the first time I've ever seen that to where, like, it was the story mode, but they, like, put this one specific promo in it. Yeah. But they it was, like, digitalized and everything. It was digitalized, and it wasn't – to me, it wasn't as funny as the whole – Well, yeah, because they didn't even have fucking voice thing yet because it, it was all in uh, – it was yeah. in writing. So you're, like, hearing – you're reading April Fool's in all caps, and then he stuns him. Well, because then he's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, today's April Fool's Day. Yeah. And then Vince is just like, hey. <laughs> and then he gets stunned. But <laughs> I, I do remember that now, uh, now that you say that, because – you know, we used to get the games. It, yeah. it used to be the Christmas present every year. Yeah, I'm not saying it recaptured the magic of it or anything, but it was just kind of, like, you know it's an iconic scene when it gets recreated, like, yeah. uh, point blank like that. But the match with, with Undertaker, this is the last match we're going to cover here. A lot of, It was good. It wasn't the best encounter. But for two guys getting older, even though Undertaker would wrestle the next 20 years after this, uh <laughs> Even though he was old net, and I love Undertaker, but like also was slowing down, but it's still almost a thirty minute match, and like it was good. Yeah, it was a good back and forth, and I think the right guy won, and Undertaker was the good heel to get the belt off Hogan too. So yeah, even though like people say now that oh my god that match sucked. Oh, uh, this is what people are saying about this match. No, about Undertaker beating Hogan. Oh yeah, that did suck. Yeah. See, this, well, everything Hogan did suck in 2002, though. Yeah, Besides except the for the match with The Rock. Yeah, but that, like, notoriously carried by the crowd and you guys. Yeah. You and Kenny made that match. Well, uh, no, but don't like, tell him that. No, but, like, like for God's sake. I forgot who said it. I think it might have been JR, but you watch that match on mute. It sucks. Yeah. Like, it's not, no offense. They, like, it was electrifying. A lot by of the fun. way, I have yeah. watched, watched, it, awesome? watched it on, on mute. And what you think? I, it sucked. There you go. So I, but th- this match was really good. Yeah, I think for these two, I thought, I thought it was a good match, it, 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 and it gave some star power to the card. Yeah, and like you had the controversial finish, but the controversial finish was never really you know resolved because you know Austin, you can almost kind of tell like. you know from WrestleMania and then and then here you can almost kind of tell. Uh, Austin was done. Like, he just wanted to go home. Yeah. And he would. Yeah. He wanted to go home. Uh, you could even also tell he was getting tired of Deborah, too. Uh, well, we know what happened with that, too. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, no, like, Undertaker and Austin, it's funny because when you look at two megastars like that and, like, when they cross paths, I'm not. We're not saying that this was under uh, that this was either one of their like greatest rivalries. No. Okay. But it is an important one because it kind of, to me it held the whole like that attitude era. Like a lot of the pay per views were main evented by these guys. So and, and that's people's favorite fucking era. Yeah. And a lot of the you know storylines had something to do with these two and an issue. So it, it is. It is a legendary rivalry, and it is maybe not, and like I said, not for the matches, but for the moments, and also for, like, consistency. Like, these these two, it was always entertaining when these two were on screen. Yeah. Going at it. 
So I, I think it, it's important in a many number of ways. And I would say it is a legendary rivalry. No, I would too because, again, I brought up earlier on how, like, these two were just kind of put together as, okay, we need a main event match for Raw. Yeah. That's not going to – that, you know – is not going to stop because again on the other channel WCW is catching catching steam. Yeah. And instead of okay, let's put Ultimate Warrior in the main event. Let's have him main event against Goldust or Helmsley or whoever. It's like okay, we know we've got something. We heard Austin's promo. You know, the Austin 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 three sixteen says I just kicked your ass. Yeah. All right. We heard the promo. Okay. We caught something. Yeah. Uh, so let's roll with it. Let's see how he works with Undertaker. And I think Undertaker was the nice, reliable, like, workhorse to, like, really help Stone Cold, you know, yeah. come into his own. Well, Undertaker was one of those guys. I mean, Jesus Christ, Undertaker was Bradshaw's first main event. Uh, the night after WrestleMania 12, Bradshaw got to work a main event for the first time. He got to be Undertaker. Uh, I wonder who won that one. Wow. Undertaker by DQ. That's when Mankind came out and attacked him for the first time. Nice. All right. Fucking Undertaker worked Raw main events with Salvatore Sincere. Uh, it was pretty much just, okay, we need a reliable main event. So uh, they're just like, all right, Undertaker, get out there. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw you somebody because we you can work with anybody at that time. Yeah. So fuck it, except for King Kong Bundy, but uh, so we're gonna fucking throw you somebody. Just do something. Yeah. Because uh, more than likely, you know, one of the over the hill assholes on the other channel are gonna do something with somebody that is gonna suck. So just do this here. Yeah. All right. Let's give our final thoughts. I already kind of gave mine. What are your final thoughts on the rivalry, Eric? I thought, as I said before, I think I said it last week, that um, this might be Austin's second best feud, and, and at least in my opinion, that's a wrestler. Vince is considered a rivalry, so, but he's not a wrestler. So. But I think this is his second best, at least my second favorite feud. I don't know if it's his second best, but it's my second favorite. Uh, all right, Doug, take us home. All right. Uh, you and I are already are home. Uh, all right. If you look at, like, the history of of the WWF, WWE, and you look at uh, the guys that carried the company throughout the different generations. Yeah. And you stumble upon 1996 through 2001-2002. You're going to find... It's going to be a short list of guys at the top. But in those top three or four spots... Well, like, you're going to see a list of guys, you know, up at the top. Because they did have certain guys there that they thought could could be the guy. The two most consistent guys from that time period, from '96 to 2002, were Austin and Austin and Undertaker. Austin because of his popularity, Undertaker because of the loyalty. 
Yeah. And putting them together usually did result in in decent television or a decent pay-per-view. Were they each other's greatest rival? No. But they knew enough to they knew they when they had to carry a show. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And that's what they did. Absolutely. All right. Make sure to check out the wrestling outlet Wednesdays and uh you know, don't even go there on Saturdays anymore. Yes. Uh they don't do I did not like the fact that Missy was pointing her ass at me. Uh all right. Uh, make sure to check us out 6.30 p.m. on Fridays for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Next week, we will be doing our top ten least favorite matches of all time. Oh, my God. Oh God, you guys are going to hate me. Too much positivity. Uh, this is lately, so we're going to talk a little shit. Uh, get Scott Casey all fired up because we're going to be playing armchair quarterback <laughs> a little bit. Our, our, should I invite him on the show? No. Uh, but... It's going to be fun. I like talking shit, so I'm excited. Wrestling you has a you lot do of have sh- a PhD in that. <laughs> and wrestling, there's a lot of shit there, so it'll be fun. We're going to all give our individual yeah, list of our least favorite things ever. Uh, so that'll be fun. And uh, make sure to check out tomorrow, Saturday at around 7, Unscripted Unlimited is coming back with a Cody Calafuri game retrospective. This Big Brother game, we will be talking about it. Seasons 16, and uh, dreadfully, I guess we have to talk about the one he won, even though it fucking blew. 22, the All-Stars, number two. The shitty All-Stars season. And uh, so that'll be yeah. fun. Uh, on Sunday, we have the Stab cast. The cast of Stabs. Me and Mindy will be talking about the Hitcher remake. We did the old one last week. It was a lot of fun. Uh, now she's going to let me borrow the DVD fucking asshole so we can watch it so I can watch it because I can't find it on streaming but uh, we're going to do that and then when me and Bobby get to do the web cave we're going to be talking about uh, Green Arrow <laughs> poor Green Arrow we're going to talk about Oliver eventually uh, Eric are you doing hard hits this week? nope um, All right. season finale was yesterday alright all right, guys. I'm out of here. All right. Anyway, I think I'll out of here. You. All right. All right. Later. Bye. See you tomorrow. We'll talk to you tomorrow.